Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Hi, this is Carl Amari, and welcome to episode 59 of Radio Rarities, the weekly podcast series that examines unique episodes from the golden age of radio. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. This time we have an audition to an eerie thriller. It's Fantasy, produced by Frank Farron during August of 1947. A series which challenges the listener to discern between truth and fantasy. And with some serious consequences, Lisa. As stated by announcer Ken Niles during the opening, this show will appeal to listeners of murder mystery shows. But it won't have all the blood and thunder that is common in so many of these types of programs currently on the air. Fantasy will also attempt to roll back the clock to the dramas presented by Orson Welles and his War of the Worlds broadcast during the late 1930s. That's a tall order, Lisa, comparing any show to the works of Orson Welles. It's too bad Orson isn't in this audition. Oh, Welles. But there are several other radio players, one of whom you may recognize right away. None of the cast is credited during the audition episode and will not let on who may be in this show until after we play it. But we'll introduce a few of the production staff involved in fantasy. The audition was packaged by radio producer Frank Farron, who was well-known in the industry. But may be new to many of our listeners. After spending his late teens engaging in odd jobs across the country, he toured the vaudeville Orpheum circuit as a comedian. In 1927, at the age of 23, he performed comedy roles on Minneapolis radio stations. And soon became involved in radio production and also in the business of operating a station. In 1932, he founded Midwest Recordings, one of the earliest transcription companies. He was then drawn to the advertising industry, where he worked as the radio director for several agencies, including Harry, Hearst, and McDonald, and then Leo Burnett. While at Leo Burnett, he was one of the producers of The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix when it launched in January of 1944. Early in 1946, he departed the ad business to create his own radio packaging firm. Farron was responsible for bringing actor Stu Irwin to the forefront in the hilarious comedy Phonigan Finnegan. But Farron's greatest achievement in radio may have been Lassie, which debuted on ABC in 1947. It may surprise many of our listeners that Lassie started on radio before it became one of the most beloved series on television. Hobart Donovan, who wrote many of the Lassie radio scripts, penned the fantasy audition we're about to hear. He had previously written for Lights Out in the late 1930s and also wrote several of the Phonigan Finnegan episodes. Also involved in the Finnegan series was musician Johnny Duffy, who was enlisted by Farron for fantasy. Duffy, along with Ken Cameron, wrote and arranged the music for the audition. And Lisa, there is something very special about the music in this episode. A unique instrument is used which we'll discuss 
after the show. Okay, sit back, relax, and enjoy Entity from the Void, the audition episode of Fantasy, as recorded in Hollywood August 23rd, 1947. Frank Farron presents Fantasy. of creation he crawled to force a wavering path through fetid jungle until his footsteps echoed through his own self-made canyons whereupon he dared to face eternity and call himself man. Look within yourself, O mind of man. Of what worth are your fleeting impressions? What philosophy dares decide between the real and the unreal, the true and the false, without thought to the strange happenings in the universe? A caution to your puny wisdom, O mind of man. Do you dare to say that this is truth and that is fantasy? Quite obviously, it's time for the sponsor's opening commercial message. So, in the absence of said sponsor, we will use this space to tell you about fantasy. Our message is short. As you consider this program, bear two points in mind. One, fantasy has the same high listener appeal as that enjoyed by the current cycle of murder mysteries without the objectionable qualities of the murder mystery. Two, fantasy offers a source of radio material virtually untapped since Orson Welles skyrocketed to fame with his men from Mars. But don't misunderstand. Fantasy is not a series dependent on the space void. For fantasy can happen in your own backyard. And now, as you listen to our story, we ask that you decide for yourself. Is it truth or is it fantasy? Listen to Entity from the Void. Father, you old sweet. Did you come to have a glass of punch with me? I did indeed. Why aren't you dancing, dear? I did earlier. Oh, I'd love to dance, but Fred... Oh, he's drunk again. He's been very drunk oh, for two hours. Look, darling, again, I ask. Why don't you divorce Fred? After all, there can't be much left. There's nothing left. But marriage meant so much to me, Father. It was a new life, a useful life. Children are home to me. Oh, my child, you can marry again. Perhaps. But you see, Father, there's no one else. <laughs> Think I'll hang on to my frayed threads a while. Very well, my dear. Well, I'll run along. I'm playing cards with Carl. Bye, darling. <laughs> Be careful, plunger. 
Nada. Hello. Oh. You love to dance. Will you dance with me? <laughs> I don't think we've met. Does that matter so much? We might still enjoy dancing together. Yes, we might. Very well. Do you hear a strange sound? I hear intriguing music. Shall we go to the dance floor? Why hasn't someone introduced us earlier? I was not here. Oh, then you came late. No, I was near you. I've been near you often. You have? <laughs> I don't understand. I swam in the surf with you yesterday. Yesterday? <laughs> now I know you're having fun with me. I swam alone. Yes, out to the old breakwater. I was there when you tore your swimming clothes on the rusty nail. You saw that? How terrible of you. I was mortified, even though I was alone. But you couldn't have been there. I would have seen you. It's no fault of yours. I did not let you see me. Who are you? What is your name? Is a name of any importance? Isn't it pleasant just to be together, dancing, talking? <laughs> oh, strangely persuasive you are. Yes, I admit it. I find it pleasant. Now I am happy. Now I feel that I can say more to you. Let's step out on the terrace. Now I want you to tell me who... Where did he go? How strange. Seems almost as though he... He disappeared. Well, here you are, darling. Oh, Fred. Oh, Fred. Yes, dear, your husband. Is anything wrong with that? Please, Fred. Please, Fred, please, Fred. I've been looking all over for you. I want to dance. Everybody dancing, I want to dance too. Fred, please. Fred, you're hurting my arm. Oh, now, don't start crying again. I want to talk to you. I'll talk to you when you're sober. I'm going to walk on the beach. You were too busy with your tears, dear. I saw you come out here to the beach, so I followed. Tell me about it. Oh, nothing, Father, really. Fred, he, he just tried to kiss me. And after all, he is my husband. My dear, I know that your loyalty is badly misplaced. You're chained to a besotted fool, and I'll not stand by any longer. But there must be something we can do for him. Perhaps a good punch in the jaw, which I would like to administer personally. Now you're giving away to your feelings, Father. If we could get him away from liquor Wait. for a while. My southern queen is sailing for Rio in three days, carrying steel plates for me. The ship has accommodation for two dozen passengers. It's quite comfortable. Carries a doctor and an excellent chef. But no bar. Oh, Father, you darling, I... I'd like to try it. If I could keep Fred sober for two weeks, it, it might just be enough to bring him back to reason. Well, I'll, I'll arrange it in the morning. Now, how about drying your eyes and coming back to the party? In a moment. Father, Father, did you see the man I danced with just after you left me? Uh, why, no, dear. I went to play bridge. Oh, I'm sorry. 
I wanted at least to know his name. Well, what did he look like? Describe him. I can probably name him. Well, well, he was tall, with wonderful shoulders and, and crisp brown hair with, with just a little bit of a wave in it. And the bluest eyes I've ever seen. And, and, and there was a cleft in his chin. And... Oh, darling, how many fillings in his teeth. <laughs> you certainly looked this young man over. Oh, Father, I didn't really. I, I don't recognize this paragon. I'm sorry, dear. Well, it doesn't really matter. But at least I... I would have liked to know his name. He was strange. Strange. I had an odd feeling of... Of godliness. After three days, this cruise begins to look a little better. Martini? Fred, where did you get the liquor? I had it in my steamer trunk. Excellent martinis. You sure you don't care for one, darling? Really, no. Martinis are a boon to mankind. I should like to soliloquize or write a poem to them. Unfortunately, I can never think of words that rhyme. However, if I do not have the pen, I do have the soul of a poet. Don't you think I have the soul of a poet, Nada? Really, now? Please, Fred. I'd rather you didn't put your arm around me now. My dear child, may I point out that drunk or sober, I'm still your husband. And you're doing an excellent job of bringing that to an end. Really? Is my little chickadee planning to fly her nest? I don't think I would. And why not? Because I'll simply take it upon myself to make your life as miserable as a life could be from then on. How hateful you can be. <laughs> Darling, you've no idea. You're quite sure you don't want a martini? No? Well, then I'll drink it myself. Nectar of the gods. Solace of the lonely. Companion of the dilettante. Fred. Fred, I'm going to take a walk on deck. Don't you want to come with me? Of course I don't want to come with you. In the first place, it's blowing some weather. And in the second place, all I want of this miserable tub is a view of Rio Harbor as soon as possible. Then I shall take a plane home. I'm sorry we came. I had hoped that... Oh, well, I'm sure the whole cruise was an idea of that stupid parent of yours. Please, we'll have nothing to say about my father. And why not? He's a dull businessman. And I suspect an interfering busybody. I notice you don't hesitate to spend his money. <laughs> why should I? He has plenty of it. You don't think the only attractive thing about you was your beauty, do you, darling? Fred! Fred, stop it! Stop it at once! Please try to retain some of the manners of a gentleman. Gentleman? Why, I'm the perfect gentleman. All the society columns say that. Now, you'll notice the cut of my suit. Because <laughs> it's bought with your father's money, the ass. That's enough. Leaving so soon, my dear? I'm... I'm going on deck. Oh, it's very foolish of you. You might be blown over the rail and get very drowned. That might be just what I want, Fred. Fred, please, Fred. <laughs> Slap me, will you? I'll show you. I'll take you down a peg or two. Oh, <laughs> 
Please, do not be afraid. Only trust me. Who are you? Where did you come from? What manner of strange creature are you to, to come out of the sky? Nada, look at me. Look into my eyes. There you will see that you have nothing to fear. You, you were frightening. But, but now I... Yes. Now you are happy, as you were when we danced. That is, as it should be. Nada. Tell me. I understand, but believe me, I mean for you only the greatest of good. I am not of your world, Nada. I am an entity out of the void. You're listening to Radio Rarities. We'll return after this short break. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Now, back to Radio Rarities. 
And now, let us return to Entity from the Void. is fantasy. A lonely girl, a fog-bound ship in mid-ocean, and the mind-shattering appearance of a godlike creature. Is this fantasy? Or the strange, strange story which he had for lovely Nada? Was this perhaps truth? And my world was called Kor. Thur? And from a world called Kor? This is so hard to understand. Patience, my dear, and you will understand. Kor was a planet in the fifth galaxy beyond this. My world has been destroyed for a thousand years. Yet the light from it still shines upon your Earth, for the distance is so great that two thousand light years are required to bring its glow this far. This... These things you tell me, they're, they're staggering. My, my mind, it's, it's in a whirl. But you believe me? Yes. Oddly, I do believe you. My people, though much like the people of your Earth, far surpassed you in intellect. And yet, our science, our culture, our developments of all kinds were of no use when the end came. The end of a tired, worn-out planet. I alone survived, for I alone was given the power. This is frightening, and it's unbelievable. Nada, it is frightening and unbelievable only because your mind is bound by the conventions of an unbelieving world. Let me show you my story. Please do. Tell me your story. Show you my story, Nada. Hold my hands. So. Now clear your mind of all thought. Clear it. I will help you. I cannot. One's mind continues to function. The thought processes go on. Clear your mind. Refuse your mind the privilege of thinking. I help you now. Think only as I tell you. See now a great hall, a hall of science. A hall wherein are gathered the greatest minds in the whole universe. See them, handsome men, some young, some grey-bearded, thinking, thinking, wishing. There must be somebody to do something about this. I can't understand it. Oh, there he's gone now. Nicholas Scar, he'll know. Men of Kor! Yes, sir. I beg your indulgence for having kept you waiting. <coughs> Will someone report any further progress? Raga, you are in charge of ministry. I have little to report, Gar. Ah, yes. A pitiful shell, this planet of ours. No longer capable of producing even the simplest needs of science. We have gone a step further in the disintegration and reassembly of matter. It would be simple to transport every person on core to another planet in a matter of seconds. 
But first, we must have a station and a power plant on the newly selected world. And that is impossible? Quite impossible, Gar. Then my solution is the only one, though it presages death to Kor and the people of Kor. My friends, it is inevitable that we die, for I tell you this, that already has the breakup of our planetary mass begun. Within 12 nods, our world will have disintegrated, and all upon it will be dead. Oh, no, Wait! Wait. We must not let die what we have accomplished. We must preserve our sciences, our arts, our cultural advantages. I, I can send one man to another world. I am ready to teach one man the secret of the free entity. To one man can I give the ability to free himself from his mortal body and as a free will, a free entity. He can roam the universe with a thought and settle where he will. Men of Kor, if we are to send abroad our science, then I say that Gar himself is the one to go. Yes, yes, yes. Hold, hold! The severance of the free will from the body will bring about shock of tremendous proportions. We need a young, strong man whose intellect is as well developed as his body. I call upon the young man, Thur. I am here, Gar. Then step forward. Thur. There is grave danger for you in this transmigration. You have the courage? I am ready. Then join hands with me and clear your mind of all thoughts. I will give you the power by impression, the more quickly to accomplish the freeing of your entity. When your mind is cleared, tell me. Begin. I do not believe so. Wait. The. The. I am safe, God. Describe for us your surroundings, your emotions. Where are you? I am in this room. Yet I am gone from our world. I am in the void. I have the feeling of being everywhere. I move a billion miles with a thought. I have no emotion, only a feeling of tremendous power. It is a success, the transmigration of the will from the prison of a body to free entity. What is that sound? It is the crashing of disintegration. Our world is breaking up. I hear you, God. Go, go quickly lest in the coming cataclysm you will be drawn from your free entity to the husk of your body and consumed with us. Quickly! You have your mission. Go! I go, God. 
Courage, men of God! And thus it has been, my Nada. For a thousand years, I have searched for a world to give the science and culture of Kor. Fantastic and wonderful story. And I have no doubt now, third of your wonderful powers. Then you will give these great powers, these sciences and this culture of Kor to our world, to the Earth. No, my Nada. No, but, but you said... I said I searched for a world. I examined the planet you call Venus and which we call Mech. The great monsters which people displace, the horrid things still crawling in the steaming slime. They have millions of years ahead of them before they'll reach even a remote stage of intelligence. And the hairy creatures who scuttle about on six ugly legs and the great ball you have named Jupiter are intelligent enough, but... The arts and sciences of core are best suited to a race of our physical proportions. But then, this world of mine, why do you not give these things to us? No, my Nada. On this earth, I have found only greed and selfishness and destruction. Man is pitted against man in hatred and lust. Where my power is given to him, man on this earth would destroy himself and his world. I understand. Then you must go on searching? No. No, in finding you, my search is completed. I have a plan. Far out in space, beyond this galaxy, I have come upon a perfect world. It is verdant and beautiful. You would call it paradise. No harmful being exists upon it, from the tiniest creature to the largest. Each one is gentle and kindly. My new world wants only man. You have more to say, sir. In your Christian belief, one man and one woman gave life to this earth? Yes, that is our common belief. Then why cannot one man and one woman give life to my new world, my Nada. Only you have measured up to the standards I have set. In your nobility of thought, your gentleness, your loyalty, your goodness, and your beauty. Come with me. How amazing and beautiful. A new race, a new beginning for mankind. Oh, how glorious. My Nada. With all the great powers at my command, I find that none is great enough to conquer the gentlest of all emotions. I find myself completely and utterly in love with you. I know. And... and I love you, there. My darling. Oh. Oh, we, we mustn't. Why did I let... Nada, what is wrong? I am already given to a man. I cannot even think of... The weakling of... that dissipate? Well, you hate him, I know this. Forget him. I cannot. Since childhood, marriage has been sacred to me. I cannot break a vow. In sickness and in death, for better or worse. No, sir. 
Without you, my power is worthless to me. There, there, if you love me, perhaps you could find among your great powers a way to strengthen my husband against his weaknesses. And of course, I could do so with a thought. Then, then will you, for me, my dear one, there can be nothing else. Very well, my Nada. Let me bring him to mine. A moment. So, Nada, your husband is no longer a problem. Come, let us go to your cabin. Oh, he, he's sleeping. Let me wake him. Fred. Fred. Your husband is not sleeping, my Nada. He's dead. Dead? Fred? Oh, no, no. I am sorry, my dear. But, but why did he die? I have no answer to that. It is strange. I feel little emotion. I feel no sorrow. Only pity. Pity for the pathetic wastrel whose unhappy life I shared. I do feel some emotion. There, there it is hateful of me, but I cannot conquer it. I feel a sense of, of elation. Perhaps my Nada at the thought that there is no longer a barrier between us. I think, yes, my darling, there is no longer a barrier between us. You will go with me. I will go with you to the end of the universe. There is grave danger, Nada, for you. First, we must bring about the freedom of your entity. We must unshackle your will from your body. In that, there is danger. I am ready. Join hands with me. So, now, clear your mind of all thought. I will help you. Look into my mind. Try. Try hard. I will try. Soon your mind will clear of all thought. Only the thought to tell me when to begin the transmigration. My fur. Begin. What a terrible thing. That girl's father is the owner of this ship. She, she and her husband here are socially prominent. Doctor, what killed them? Captain, this man died of acute alcoholism. I saw him at dinner in the salon. And already the signs were there. But Mrs. Westgate and this stranger, whoever he is, what killed them? You're the ship's doctor. You must find out. I have no idea. There are no marks of violence. And see their faces. Captain, they are, they are supremely happy in death. Uh, one of these love pacts, this will be a terrible scandal. Somehow I don't believe it was a suicide pact. Captain, they have been dead less than half an hour. We know that. 
And yet these two bodies are cold, strangely cold. Why, it is comparable only to, to what is called absolute cold, the cold of the space void. Life's enigma, whether he lives in town or farm, in cottage or penthouse, or locked in the narrow confines of a bottle, or locked in the narrow confines in the narrow confines of a bottle. Yes, it's hard to believe that anyone could live in a bottle. Our fantasy next week will be the Bottle Party, adapted for radio from a story by John Collier. Fantasy is produced in Hollywood by Frank Farron. Tonight's fantasy was written and directed by Hobart Donovan. Special music for fantasy was written and arranged by John Duffy and Ken Cameron. The theremin was played by Dr. S.J. Hoffman. This is Ken Nile speaking. This is an audition transcription. Well, Carl, that was one of the eeriest episodes we've offered on Radio Rarities. I'm not sure who the real star was on this show, Lisa Hans Conried. Or that fascinating electronic musical instrument, the theremin. How many of our listeners knew it was Hans Conried as Thur, the entity out of the void? Conried was on so many shows, including Town Hall Tonight, had a hopper and suspense. And had major supporting roles on The Life of Riley, Life with Luigi, and My Friend Irma. We are also fans of his cartoon work as Snidely Whiplash in the Dudley Do-Right segments on The Rocky and Bullwinkle Show. The leading actress on the fantasy audition was Sammy Hill, who portrayed Nada. After departing her native Memphis in 1940 to engage in summer stock theater work on the East Coast, she made the trek to New York the following year where she was cast in several radio shows, including the Columbia Workshop, Great Plays... And had the leading role of Casino in the daytime serial Home of the Brave. In June of 1944, she went to Hollywood for a screen test with Warner Brothers. And continued her work in radio on such shows as Cavalcade of America and Lux Radio Theater. In the late 1940s and throughout the 1950s, she appeared on numerous programs, including Diary of Fate, The Halls of Ivy, and Gunsmoke. Other members of the fantasy cast were Jack Edwards Jr. as Nada's drunken husband, Fred. Tom Collins played both Gar and the ship's captain, and Joe Duvall was the doctor. Earlier, Carl, we mentioned the theremin, that fascinating musical instrument. It's amazing how it is played without being touched. There are two metal antennas that are set up as position sensors. The performer moves both hands to alter both the frequency or pitch and amplitude or volume. It was invented in 1919 by 
Russian Leon Theremin. He brought it to the United States in 1928 and worked with RCA to develop a commercial model. Dr. Samuel Hoffman, who played the instrument in this fantasy audition, brought it to Hollywood from New York. Not only did Hoffman perform the theremin in radio, but also in such films as Alfred Hitchcock's Spellbound and The Day the Earth Stood Still. And every time we hear that eerie music in the fantasy episode, we know that Thur is about to appear. The plot involving Thur, a native of the planet Kor, who survived after his home planet was destroyed, is similar to the origin of Superman. Hobart Donovan, the scriptwriter of the fantasy audition, may have recycled much of the plot from a previous Lights Out episode he wrote in the late 1930s. As noted in the closing of the fantasy audition, the next episode was to be an adaptation of John Collier's chiller, The Bottle Party, which was originally published in the October 1st, 1939 issue of Esquire magazine. With both original scripts and adaptations, a fantasy radio series could have been a big success. However, it did not sell and Frank Farron moved on to other activities. Some of his work included transforming the Smilin' Ed McConnell radio show to television as Smilin' Ed's Gang and producing Andy's Gang, which starred Andy Devine. Well, That's all the time we have for this edition of Radio Rarities. Radio Rarities is a Gulfstream Studios copyrighted production produced by yours truly, Carl Amari. My co-host is Lisa Wolf. Mike Costella is our executive producer. And the show is written by Carl Shadow. Next week, we'll present the first audition of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Dick Powell, recorded in December 1948. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.